Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Welcome to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. Something a little bit different for you today. In today's programme, I'm going to be talking to an old friend of the show, Keith Newmeyer. And uh, Keith, uh, for those of you that don't know him, he was behind First Majestic Silver, uh, which he took from penny stock status to, at one stage, $25 a share in the heady days of 2010-2011. It's uh, now one of North America's leading silver producers. And even in today's beaten-up silver market, it remains profitable, with a market cap of almost a billion dollars and a share price um, somewhere between $7.50 and $8 Canadian. Keith was also behind First Quantum Minerals, which followed a, a similarly enormous trajectory to become one of the world's leading copper producers. The reason Keith's on the show today is Keith is um, convinced that this bear market in mining has gone too low, and he's setting up a new company to take advantage of this bear market, if that makes sense. Um, It's IPOing next month, and he's on the show to tell us about this company. So, Keith, welcome to the show. Lovely to hear from you. Lovely to speak to you. Um, Why don't you start by telling us um, why you've started the company and what the model of this company is? It's something a little bit different. Yes, uh, Dominic, you're right. And uh, thanks uh, for the opportunity to have this interview today. uh, First Mining Finance is the name of the company that uh, Dominic was referring to. It's a company that I've been working on for the last couple of years behind the scenes at, at my responsibilities at First Majestic. And uh, what I did was uh, First Majestic spun out five of its non-core assets uh, and then two other companies merged together. So a total of three companies merged together into one. Uh, um, and those three companies uh, are then being merged into a public vehicle, uh, which is to go public in the next three or four weeks. We're raising uh, 8 to $10 million at $0.40 cents, um, Canadian. The company currently owns 18 projects um, uh, with a focus on gold in Mexico. Uh, the company is going to have a, a North and South American or Western Hemisphere focus of acquisitions. So it's looking at uh, dozens of uh, projects in the Americas uh, uh, to acquire uh, over the next uh, few months. And uh, we're in discussions with a number of groups as we speak. The, um, the Once we acquire this, this portfolio, we've actually already been approached on by a number of companies for joint venture partners. But this company will not be an explorer, won't be a developer, won't be a producer. It'll simply be a mineral bank. And this bank will monetize these assets in the form of royalties and streams and share positions in other companies and so on. And it's quite a, quite exciting and uh, quite unique. So what I'm hearing here is 
I mean, I, I remember a, a, a way back when Silver Standard that, that accumulated as many kind of silver assets as possible while silver was cheap. I'm also aware of uh, what's called the Project Generator, which finds a, a kind of bank of assets and then farms them out in joint ventures with other companies. And I'm also aware of companies like Silver Wheat and Franco Nevada, the royalty companies. And it sounds like you're kind of doing a little bit of each one of those or planning to do that. Yeah, it's, it's very. That's ex- exactly what we're doing, Dominic. The only difference I would say is in the case of Silver Standard, you know, they were acquiring out of the money assets. Another example would be Lumina as well in the copper world, and uh, you know, both both of those companies were acquiring, you know, out of the money uh, assets that needed a higher metal price. And in the case of this company, we don't need a higher metal price. We're buying assets, or, or we'll be buying assets that that are economic in the current environment, and. Uh, that's quite a bit, quite a bit different. So I, I call it uh, early, early cycle assets. Okay, very nice. And and what will your market cap be? Um, you're you're trying to raise eight to ten million dollars. You've got about two, I think two two point seven five million dollars already uh, from a pre IPO raise. What will your market cap be if you get this away? Yeah, it'll be in, in, around the thirty million dollar range. And um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, you know, if this market there's going to was- be no warrants, are there? No, no warrants. That's right. Yeah, thirty yeah, million dollars gone. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, just say thirty million. But interestingly enough, uh, you know, I, I contend that the, if this market wasn't as broken as it currently is, that the, you know, this portfolio would would have a value at the peak of the market of close to three hundred million dollars. Wow. Okay. Now, I mean, there must be five hundred, a thousand, God knows how many companies on the venture exchange that are broken. You know, they've got some assets. They spent a lot of money on these assets way back when. There's no money now. There's no exploration capital. Um, you know, how many companies have you looked at? You already kind of, you must be already kind of sniffing around. Oh, absolutely. We've been doing this for some time, and uh, I've got a great management team in place. I'm the chairman, so I'm not involved in the day to day, but the the current management team, who's very active, looking at assets. Um, um, has looked at you know, 60 companies actually so far, and, and uh, there'll be others that we'll be looking at, but 60 so far. And of those 60, 30 are, are of interest, and um, you know, there's a smaller group, about a handful, that are I would call high priority. And how are you going to take them out? Because well, I mean, if you got, let's say you get you got 10 million 10 million dollars of cash in April. Um, you know, a lot of these companies got two, three million dollar market caps. So you're going to have to pay five million dollars or something to to buy them out. That doesn't leave that much scope. Yeah, actually, it's harder to buy them out for cash because uh, you know the shareholders actually you know want you know they're you know that would require them all to sell their stock at a loss, and you know no one likes to do that. But you know, for shareholders to convert their paper into the paper of a another public company that's got a great management team that's got a broader asset base is actually of interest to them because it gives them light at the end of the tunnel. So I don't think there'll be much resistance uh, um, from shareholders for us to be able to take these companies out. And there's a form with, with your uh, paper. That's right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, they, it's called a plan of arrangement in Canada. It's a very common way of merging these companies together. And, uh, um, you know, I did it, you know, at First Majestic three consecutive times through plan of arrangements. And I'm very familiar with how it works, and um, you know, the majority of the uh, companies that, will acquire, that we acquire will be done through um, that form of uh, merger. There may be the odd case where you know they're in trans management, and uh, it's more difficult to get them to agree to agree 
to do something. And, uh, you know, we're, we're willing to go hostile if we need to do that. Okay, very good. Now, how are you going to get, you know, if these are just assets that are just sitting there, how, how can you get revenue stream? How are you going to get a royalty or? Well, initially, you know, we probably, you know, won't unless uh, we've got a really good deal. Um, we, we, there's three or four really hot, exciting projects, actually five really exciting projects of the 18 that are currently in our portfolio. We've been approached by one mid-tier company who's got quite a lot of money. Um, uh, well, I'd call him a junior, actually, a junior with a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, um, Is there that, any such thing? Yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> there, there, there are a few around. There's not too many, but uh, there are a few. Uh, and and uh, they want one of our projects. Uh, they actually told us it's one of the most exciting projects they've seen uh, in, 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 in North and South America. So, you know, for whatever good it is, uh, you know, that's what they told us. But uh, nevertheless, um, um, but, you know, I, I think that um, um, we could do a better deal. I think, you know, six months, a year from now when stability comes back in this market, you know, we don't need to see the metal start going higher. We just need some stability. And, uh, um, you know, once we get there, I think we can do much better deals. So, you know, I, I think it's possible we can start doing deals in the first 12 months of the business. But the focus for the first you know, one to two years is to acquire assets. I see. So, so the, the the first stage of the company is to 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 build up as big a bank as possible, basically, and then the the, the revenue comes further down the road. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. So, what? Um, so, uh, give us, tell us. You know, so I invest in this company. I, I put some money in at the IPO, and you IPO at forty cents. Um, how am I going to make? How, how is this going to turn me into a millionaire? <laughs> Well, you know, look, there's obviously risk in, in investment, but, um, you know, I'm not doing this to, you know, make make pennies. I'm doing this to make another billion dollar company. I've, you know, it, I wouldn't be wasting my time. So, you know, I'm taking this very seriously. And of course, there's no guarantees. You know, my 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 biggest concern is that, you know, gold and silver start to skyrocket, you know, too soon. And, and uh, a lot of these companies that we're looking at, you know, get away from us and, you uh, you know, shareholders will still make money because the current portfolio is, is actually, you know, decent. But, um, you know, it, it um, you know, it, it, it well, we won't have the uh, size of the asset base. I'm hoping we'll end up acquiring if. So if you actually market. want depressed markets to continue for another 12 months or so? It'd be the best thing. Yeah, the more longer, longer the market stays where it is, uh, the bigger first mining finance will become. OK, now, if you use your paper to take out another company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I watched the dynamics of when a larger company takes out a small company using their paper. Usually the larger company's paper sells off and the smaller company's paper appreciates. Now, you are a larger company than many of the companies that you're taking out, but in $30 million, $40 million, it's still a relatively small company. How can you stop the dilution of your paper affecting the share price? Well, the dilution will happen, of course, um, uh, but the short-term phenomenon of the arbitrage that's created between the buyer and the seller is not anything that you can prevent. It's just it's just part of normal course, and uh, you know I'm very well aware of that. And uh, you know, as I said earlier, I, I bought three companies at First Majestic, and uh, you know the the big institutions they love the trade the trade the arbitrage, and that's how they make their money. And um, you know, when when the two companies end up finally merging together, uh, you know, it does take you know two or three months to 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 accomplish. 
but once that's complete, you know, the, the stock stabilizes and uh, and then it starts to normally uh, in, 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 you know move higher. And uh, um, you know, as as we acquire our asset base over over, over the next uh, one or two years, the analysts and you know in Toronto and the banks, you know, will start to write research about us and start following us. And I think people will get excited about the company. Okay. Now, why, let's say I'm a director of a junior mining company and I've put, I don't know, $5 million, $10 million, $20 million spent drilling this asset and I've got a nice asset and I've been working on this asset for a while you know, and now suddenly the market's valuing my company at two, three million. Why am I going to want to be taken out? Well, it's the best thing for you, for their shareholders, for one thing. Uh, you know, the, there's a, there's not a, always top of the list of priorities of junior mining companies' uh, CEOs, yeah. but anyway. Yeah, no, and, and you're very right about that. And uh, you know, there's there's not one scenario that would be the, the correct answer. You know, you've got situations where there's entrenched management that you know just you know they 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 got money. They you know they're they're high high net worth of individuals. They they don't care about what their shareholders think, and they're just sitting on uh, sitting on the vehicle and waiting for the next uh, uh, you know bull market to arrive, and then they'll you know do do what they've done historically and in, in, uh, in the future and just make money off the stock and uh, uh, you know they're not doing any favors for their shareholders their shareholders are actually quite frustrated and you know for us to come along and put a reasonable bid on the table you know a lot of these shareholders would just love to you know as I said earlier be part of part of a bigger company okay but that, they, that that's kind of pitting the shareholders against the management of the company in that situation yeah, okay. That's right, yeah, and, and that that would be a more hostile situation, you know, which would not be the norm. Uh, that would be maybe you know one out of ten of the of the transactions that we would do. Most of the situations are, are would be friendly, and uh, you know you've got situations where you know you've got very old management in their seventies who spent you know as you said twenty thirty million dollars on a project, developed you know a decent resource in the ground in a good jurisdiction, and uh, they just don't want to wait for the next cycle and. Uh, they got no money in the bank. They, you know, they can't keep funding the vehicle themselves. So um, lots of directors are doing that, funding, keeping companies afloat just out of their own pocket. It's a very common thing, yeah, because, uh, you know, there's just been a couple of years since, you know, shareholders have been, you know, or investors, pardon me, have been investing in these things. And, yeah, well, presumably so they, they've been loaning the company money. In some cases they're loaning it. You know, there, there, there is an, the rule on the exchange uh that you're not allowed to do a financing under five cents, and uh, a lot of these stocks are trading less than five cents, and uh, so the only choice that the directors have is to loan the company money because they're obviously not going to be buying, yeah. you know, five cent stock when the stock's trading at two cents. Does that not mean you risk buying a company with a low liability? With, well, you know, it comes down to negotiations. You know, uh, you know, if if you if you have a market cap company of three million dollars and uh, there's a million dollars owned and accrued salaries to, you know, directors, you know, yeah. or, or, or accrued loans to directors. Um, uh, you know, I don't think shareholders would be very happy if, if they they stood in there and prevented a transaction from happening. Um, you know, in those kinds of situations, you have to negotiate an, uh, a deal that, that that's happy with, you know, everyone's happy with. And um, you, you've already got some stuff you like. Oh, yes, many things. We've we've kind of outlined the fact that you you almost want a depressed market over the next twelve months. But if we get a twelve a depressed market, then your share price perhaps it's not going to appreciate by that much. 
Well, you know, it's it's possible, but um, uh, you know, I've got a lot of very good investors coming into the company. You know, I've I've been there. I'm done. one of them, by the way. I, I'm just <laughs> saying that for full disclosure to listeners. I, I I am putting money into this. I'm just you know being a bit devil's advocate. Yeah, no, I understand, and that you know, be, you know, I'm not going to name names, uh, but but um, you know, I've I've you know the people that own uh, stock or will be owning stock in this company are, are people that. Um, you know, are, are very capable of supporting uh, this business plan for, for, for the long term. And, you know, people that are investing in today, you know, aren't, aren't looking to flip the stock out at 60 cents a share, you know, two, three months from now. These people that have been following my career for 10, 20 years and uh, believe what I'm doing and, you know, will be shareholders for the next three, four, five years. And, uh, you know, that's a little bit of a different shareholder base than some, some other companies may, may have. Okay, very good. Keith, um, we've spoken for 15 minutes. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you. I wish you all the very best with the company. Uh, before we close, quick question for you. Uh, silver is currently trading at just under $17. Uh, what's your outlook for the silver price? Well, as I've been saying, saying for the last couple of months, I think the 1435 last uh, fall was the low, and, and I think we're base building right now. Uh, I don't expect to see... You know, silver uh, rally in the short term. You know, we had a nice little blip in January to 18, and uh, we're now in the mid 16 range, and it'll probably continue to be sloppy for the next, uh, you know, two, three, four months. But I, I, I would be willing to put a bet on the table that uh, uh, de- December 31st we'll see higher silver prices than we're currently trading at. Okay, very good. So now, ladies and gents, if you are interested in participating in this IPO, there is the possibility to do that. Uh, the IPO will be at 40 cents. The way to do that, I guess, Keith, is I'll put the um, slideshow for the show on the homepage, uh, the slideshow for the company on the homepage of the site. And um, But I guess the way I can't put the, the um, documents on the site. So I guess the best thing to do is to email me. Uh, either through the program or at frizzers, F-R-I-Z-Z-E-R-S, at gmail.com if you are interested in uh, in investing in this IPO. And uh, and I will forward everything onto Keith and I will forward the relevant documents to you, the person that emails me. That email address, once again, is frizzers, F-R-I-Z-Z-E-R-S, at gmail.com. And... In the interests of full disclosure, I should say, I will be participating in this IPO. Keith Newmeyer, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for coming on the show. And hopefully we'll get you on in six months or a year or something like that. And we will talk again. Sure, that would be great, Dominic. And thanks very much for your time. Okay, have you got a website yet? It's in construction right now. It's not up live. Okay, very good. So uh, how about that, folks? You're getting in at the pre-website stage. Um, (laughs) Keith Newmeyer, thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, 
please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes.